Thanks for listening to this message brought to you by Cornerstone Christian Church. Hallelujah. John chapter 14. If y'all don't quit playing, I'm going to start prophesying, and I'm not a prophet. But I'm telling you, I feel the Lord in this place. I feel the Lord in this place. My God, He's got good news, friend. You with me? He's good. He's not got an ill thought towards you this morning. You need to know that. God's 100% for you, and if He be for you, who in the world could be against you? Who could stand against you if God's for you? With the righteousness of God, His children, He loves us. He's for us. He's celebrating us this morning. Zephaniah 3 says He's dancing over us, rejoicing. My God, He's excited about us. You believe that? You believe God's excited about you? He's got a plan and a purpose for our lives. Hallelujah. What a day to visit the house of the Lord. My God. She's no visitor. She's a part of this house. Been a part of this house for years. Hallelujah. John chapter 14. What I have did is I just finished a series of messages on community. And um, what, what, what basically I guess I'm doing uh, is I'm taking the cornerstones that I preached. How many remember? I think I preached about eight or nine of the, the messages called uh, cornerstones, which are literally landmarks, if you will, uh, stakes that are driven in the ground to keep us on square as we build this house. And um, we know that God's building the house, but we're laboring in the word of the Lord here, okay? And so... Uh, and so uh, I guess that I'm doing that. And uh, um, so I did uh, one of the cornerstones that I said we are family. So I preached a four-part uh, series, uh, four CDs. The last four messages I preached on community because we really want to be a family. Um, that's, that's, that's our heartbeat. Uh, that's, that's not uh, just something we're saying. We're, we're trying to become that. We're, we're, we're diligently trying to, uh, uh, to do that. And so, uh, on one of the cornerstones that I said is that we are a spirit-filled church. And so this morning, I want to break this down, probably going to preach another series. And uh, this morning, I just want to preach who is the Holy Spirit. Okay? I want to preach about the Holy Spirit. And uh, I'm good. Thank you, guys. Um, Emmett saying, praise the Lord. I'm going to put this guitar down. No, I'm playing. Um, but I want to preach this morning on... Who is the Holy Spirit, or what is what what is the Holy Spirit? Um, you know, it's according to your background. If you say Holy Spirit or Holy Ghost, now if you got a Pentecostal background, we called him the Holy Ghost. Any Pentecostals in here? You alive? Look at your neighbor and say, "I'm alive." Um, if you're a Pentecostal, you said Holy Ghost. If you were raised Baptist. Or even charismatic, we say Holy Spirit. And I can always, you know, uh, I've just had the privilege of uh, preaching in a lot of places. Uh, uh, been preaching the gospel since I was 18. And so that doesn't make it a long time. I'm only 36, but I have preached a few messages. Been, a, been privileged to be in a lot of churches. And one of the main characteristics I see in the difference between a charismatic and a Pentecostal, a Pentecostal jerks. Y'all with me? That's Pentecostal. Now, Catherine would lead more to the charismatic. You with me? All right, so let's get in the Word. John chapter 14. We always got to go to the manual. You with me? We go to the Word of God to look for answers. By the way, let me make this one announcement. If your child went to the ramp, I need to see you briefly right after service today so just come sit right on the front row um we'll have a uh, uh uh just a brief meeting okay if your child is on that ramp trip i need to see you husband and wife okay um um parents let's just say it like that okay john chapter 14 verse 19 it says this a little while longer and the world will see me no more but you will see me, because I live, you will also live. At that day you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. He who has my commandments and keeps them 
It is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father. And I will love him and manifest myself to him. Judas said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word. And my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home, look at this, with him. He who does not love me does not keep my words, and the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father who sent me. These things I have spoken to you while being present with you. Look at verse 26. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance the things that I said to you. Let's look at verse 26 again. But the Helper, say the Helper, or Comforter, the Greek word is uh, parakletos. I'm not no. I'm, I'm a country boy. Okay, so uh, but it's uh, parakletos, um, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name. He will teach you all things and bring to you uh, your remembrance of all things that I've said. One of our English words I think we get from that is like a paralegal or whatever. But it also appears in John where he says that we have an advocate. We have a para Cletos with the Father who's pleading our case. Are you with me? Now let's look at this. It's a Greek word that is it's a compound word. Para means very close, and second kaleo means to beckon or call. So the Holy Spirit is is permanently called to close to close to come close alongside of each of us to provide coaching. Look at this direction, instruction, and counsel in our life journey. Now, one of the things that we do, we, we, we think of the Holy Spirit being tongues. Come on. The Holy Spirit is not tongues. That's one of His functions. There's nine gifts, but let me say this. I, I don't want to shake you or nothing. There's nine gifts that Paul mentioned as far as gifts of the Spirit in Corinthians. There's a whole lot more than any nine. He just highlighted nine. Are you with me? We all agree with that in the room. So the Holy Spirit is not tongues. He's not, he's not, um, he's not some mystic. I think a lot of times at the church, or I, I used to, I was raised in a Methodist church. We went to a holiness church when I was little. So I've seen people fall out and all. So I, I associated what people called the Holy Ghost as the man that's going to come in the room, knock us down, or he was a language coming out of somebody. Listen, the Holy Spirit is God. Are you with me? I'm going to teach more than preach. The Holy Spirit is God. There is a trinity, and it is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. They're all God. They're in perfect triune. They're in love with each other. Are you with me now? So when a lot of times somebody says, well, you know, like, because I was thinking about, well, who, who's in control in the trinity? Is it God? Is it Jesus or is it the Holy Ghost? Somebody got to be in control. We think about control a lot. You know what I'm saying? Well, I was thinking about this. Well, Jesus came from the Father. So, I mean, he's, he's, he can't be in control. But yet, the Word says if we say any, we can say something against Jesus and live. You can say something against God and live, but if you blaspheme the Holy Ghost, He'll kill you. Let me just say this. Neither one of them in heaven is looking to see who's in control. They're one. Come on now. They're one. And they're governed by love. Now, let's, 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 um, let's, let's look in John chapter 16. John chapter 16, verse 5. I just want to read a view. I'm, I'm trying to lay some foundation here to where, where we're trying to get to, Okay. But now I go the way to him who sent me. I'm in, I'm in John chapter 16, verse 5. But now I go the way who, to him who sent me. And none of you ask, where are you going? But because I've said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. 
it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, look at this, the helper. Look at this, the life coach. Is this what he's saying? The life coach will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin because they do not believe in me. Of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more. And of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when the Spirit, look at this, the Spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he not speak of his own authority, but he will speak whatever he hears, and he will speak, and when he tells you these things to come, he will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore I said that he will take, you, he will take of mine and declare it to you. Now let's look at this. Jesus walked the earth for 33 and a half years. For the last three and a half years, he had 12 men around him that he poured his life into. How many knows that he just wasn't setting these guys up in the classroom? Are you with me? These men that these men walked with Jesus. They ate with Jesus. Could you work with me right there on that air conditioner? How many cold? Raise your hand. About three people said they cold. We like to freeze you. Work with them right there. Cut that down. So I'm cold, and I'm big and in a coat. So, Lord, if it gets through all this insulation, we, it's cold in the room. So, listen, Jesus had, had 12 men. He's had larger crowds at times. You remember that? He had a large crowd one time. Then he started preaching one of his messages. He started telling them they got to eat his body and drink his blood. How many remember that? They said, if you want to have part with me, you got to eat my body and drink my blood. Well, they didn't like cannibalism. Are you with me? Jesus wasn't talking about being accountable. Many departed from him at that moment. Remember, he looked at Peter. He didn't have the best pastoral gift because people started running out. Most pastors would try to shut the back door and stop them from running out. Jesus looked at them and said, Why everybody's leaving? Do you want to leave also? Peter looked at him and said, Lord, where shall we go? For you have the words, what? Of eternal life. So, so Jesus, Jesus, listen, what you got to understand, he, he just was not their teacher. He was their friend. He was their mentor. He was their father. Every, he poured his life into these men. And, and so listen, what, you don't have to know the Bible to disciple somebody. You just have to have something that God has done in your life. When you digest that part into your life, you are anointed to give that part away to someone else. That's the bread that feeds people. It's not information out of the Bible. It's revelation that you've consumed from God that he's transformed your life in. Now, now Jesus is talking with them. and Now think about this. Their, their, leader, their, their leader is telling them he's fixing to leave the earth and he says it's to your benefit that I'm going away. Or, have you lost your mind? We got the benefit with us. I mean, we eating, we're eating fish and loaves. I mean, we done seen you take three perch and make a meal out of it. We were with you in Luke 7 in the city of Nain when you stopped the funeral procession and you raised a woman's only son. We were with you at Jairus' house when his daughter, when they come out and said he was dead and you drove everyone out in Mark 5 and you went in there and raised his daughter from the dead. We were with you when the crowd was pressing in and a woman with an issue of blood that had spent all her resources on doctors that couldn't get fixed, she pressed through and touched the hem of your garment and been made whole. We were with you. We were with you when the lepers came and you touched them and they, be and they became healed. How are you telling me it is to our benefit that you go away? Now listen, if you got to think about this. While Jesus was on the earth, the kingdom of God was on the earth, but the kingdom was inside of him. All throughout the Old Testament, God came upon man. He, did, he was not in man. There's only a few instances in the scripture where God stepped inside of man. One of them was Gideon. When Gideon broke the picture and the lightning said the sword of the Lord and the sword of Gideon, it was God on the inside of Gideon doing the work. That's what makes the 300 so powerful. Listen, I'd rather have 300 than 3,000 with God on the inside of them. Come on, somebody. This church is called to be a Gideon's army. We ain't never supposed to have the 3,000, but we're supposed to have the 300 with God on the inside of us. Are you with me now? Now, so, but the kingdom of God was isolated in one man. 
the kingdom was walking in one man. When, when he was in the city of Nain, the kingdom was in the city of Nain. When he was at Jericho, walking through Jericho, I lo- Jericho must have been a place like Sparks or Cecil. How many, you don't even realize you went through Cecil. Oh, we just went through Cecil. The Bible says in Mark 10 that Jesus came to Jericho, and it says as he was leaving Jericho. That's a statement. It says, as he came to Jericho and as he was leaving Jericho, there was one blind man sitting on the side of the road named Blind Bartimaeus. Listen, he's not Blind Bartimaeus. His name was Bartimaeus. Sometimes we associate people with their issue and start naming their issue. Hello. But God didn't send them in the earth with an issue. He sent them in the earth to be free. All right, so the kingdom's isolated. So if I want to get to Jesus... Without the Holy Spirit, if I want to get to Jesus, I got to go find where Jesus is. So that means we got to get on a plane, we got to fly to Tel Aviv, take a vehicle, get to Jerusalem, and find out where he's at if I got to have him. What he's trying to tell his disciples listen, is there's one still up in heaven who's not on the earth. Are you with me? When I get back to heaven, when Jesus died on the cross, are you with me now? He took his blood because the high priest had to present the offering and the blood had to go on the mercy seat. Where did Moses build his mercy seat after? He looked at what was in heaven. There was a mercy seat set in heaven. Come on now. How many knows that the tabernacle that Moses set up in the wilderness came because he peered into heaven in the 40 days? Are you with me? When he's up the mountain. So there's a mercy seat in heaven. Are you with me? That's why when Jesus come out of the tomb, he told Mary, do not touch me, not yet, till I send to my Father and sprinkle the blood on the mercy seat of heaven. When I sprinkle the blood on the mercy seat of heaven, let me tell you something, everything's about to change. Mercy's about to hit the earth. And the one that's been held in the heavens since Genesis 1... It's about to come back to the earth. Are you with me now? Now the kingdom's not going to be isolated in one man. That's why, the, that's why the Bible says in Colossians, if the enemy would have known the outcome, he would have never crucified the Lord of glory because then he had to deal with the kingdom in one man. But listen, after the cross now, he has to deal with the God of heaven inside of six million spirit-filled believers on the face of the earth. And greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. There's overcoming power on the inside of you. The same spirit that raised Jesus. My God up in heaven. Listen, Jesus was in the tomb dead, but God in heaven sent the Holy Ghost inside of a tomb and resurrected his body. And Paul said that same anointing resides on the inside of you. I don't have some kind of mystical power. I got the God of heaven on the inside of me. My God, I'm preaching like a Pentecostal preacher. My God, I can't preach it loud enough. Can't holler it loud enough. Can't do it good enough. I'm telling you, we are filled with God, friend. Are you with me? A spirit-filled church is a church filled with God. He said, it's to your benefit that I leave. Lord, I, I don't see how in the world it could be any better than this. Well, this is why he told the disciples. After Jesus' resurrection, he appeared to over 500, according to Paul's writing. Are you with me? Jesus didn't say, okay, boys, I want y'all to go sit back. Are you with me? Now, we know according to John, at the end of John's gospel, that Jesus appeared through the wall, and he breathed on them and said, receive ye the Holy Spirit. Now, did they get it in Acts 2 or did they get it then? First of all, there was no wind that filled the tabernacle in the the, the place in Acts chapter 2. There was a sound of a rushing mighty wind. God filled the room. Are you with me? Now, what did he tell them? I love this in the NIV version of the Bible in Luke 24. He says, go tarry into Jerusalem until you be endued with power. Now let's look at the life of Jesus. For 30 years, we know that Jesus stopped a a funeral. Jesus wrecked every funeral he ever went to, including his own. I'm pretty sure that Purvis would not want to handle Jesus. 
I mean, he's wrecked every funeral he's ever been to, including his own. <laughs> they had to give the refund three days later. <laughs> hey, Lord. I love people to ask this question about raising the dead. Well, can he raise the dead after they be embalmed? If he could create man from a dust particle, he can raise the dead from being embalmed. All right. So he says, go into Jerusalem and tarry till you be endued with power. That word endued, if you look at it, it says till you be clothed with power. Now, the Holy Spirit, when he comes upon your life, you start out like Clark Kent. You go in the phone booth and you come out Superman. Well, he's up there saying he's Superman. Listen to me. I'm telling you what's on the inside of you is super. You with me? There's no problem that you can face is bigger than your God on the inside of you. There's no sickness that cannot fall before the God on the inside of you. You just got to realize and cultivate what you have on the inside of you. All right. So Jesus is putting the importance on going into a room and tarry till you be endued with power. Are you with me? Now, for 30 years that Jesus walked the earth, he went to, how many knows that he went to his own father's funeral? They buried Joseph because he was now no longer son of the carpenter, but now he's known as the carpenter. So somewhere along the line, um, Joseph dies. In the Old Testament, we don't see any account of any devil being cast out. I'm sure there was devils. Are you with me? And after Jesus goes through a baptism in the River Jordan by John, remember John came preaching, Jesus' cousin came preaching, a voice of one crying in the wilderness, there's one coming after me whose sandals I'm not worthy to loose. He will baptize you in the Holy Spirit. I baptize with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. You with me? Lord, you, Tom, any way you can cover this. I mean, I, I got, I've, I'm trying to cover a whole encyclopedia in four to five minutes. So I got, to find, I got to narrow it down here. So he said he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. So Jesus goes to the River Jordan. When he goes to the River Jordan, the Bible says as he went down with John. Remember, he shows up. John says, behold the Lamb of God which takes away the sin of the world. You with me? Now, as John says, Behold the Lamb of God, Jesus comes down and says, I need to be baptized of you. John said, There's no way that I'm worthy to baptize. I need to be baptized by you. Jesus said, John, suffer it to be so. He came not to destroy the law, but to fulfill the law. Come on, are you with me? He came to fulfill every, everything. Jesus came to fulfill everything that was spoken from the beginning out of the mouth of God. Are you with me now? So he says, suffer it be so. It is also a picture of the old and the new merging together. And as they go down into the water, the Bible says that the heavens were open. God the Father speaks out of heaven. God the Son is in the earth. Are you with me now? I'm talking about the Trinity. I don't understand it. It blows my mind, but I'm trying my best to convey it to you. So God the Father speaks out of heaven. This is my beloved Son. We see them all three right here. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And the Holy Spirit comes down in the form. He's not a dove, but he came down and ascended on Jesus in the form of a dove. Now, when, when that dove came, the Bible says it remained. If you can bear to hear this, listen, Noah sent out a dove from the ark that never found a resting place. That baby circled through the ages, if you will. And he found the tabernacle of God on earth and he landed right there and he remained. Let me say this, the Spirit of God, when it comes upon your life, it remains. It does not leave you because the Bible says that the Lord will never leave us nor forsake us. Oh my God. I feel dusty roads coming in this building. I feel the elbow and everything. Listen. That he will never leave us nor forsake us. He is with us even unto the end. Everything you go through, you go through it.
love you, walking right through it with you. So after Jesus comes out of the water, things are different now. Now he goes back and Mary, and he goes to a wedding at Cana, which is the first recorded miracle that Jesus done. Now he's fixing to try this thing out. Something happened. That dove's changed everything, how we walking. Oh, my God. God, thank you, Father, right now. Now the Holy Spirit, he, he, he's upon <laughs> When God, listen, here's another. God said, in the, God said, let us make man in our own image. Listen, when I say that the Holy Spirit is a person, I'm not talking about he's a human. But he does have attributes. Has a personality. He's got feelings. You can quench him. Tick him off. Hurt him. He's got feelings, but he's not a human. God said, let us make man. Let us make man in our image. The Holy Spirit doesn't look like me. I look like him. God said, let us. Who was he talking to? Was he talking to the angels? No. He was conversing with Jesus and the Holy Ghost. Let us make man. Gosh. (laughs) This is deep. He said, let us. I I can't live up here alone. I got to have a family. Listen, Jesus could, God could have destroyed the devil, but he said, listen, hey, I'm not going to whip you. I'm not going to take one of my cherubims and cerebrums and whip you. I'm not going to take an archangel. I'm not going to let Michael whip you. I'm not going to let Gabriel whip you. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to raise me a family up down there on the earth that looks like me, and they going to whip you. God, I can't get no help up in here. I'm going to take a people that can choose to love me or choose not to love me. But them that love me, I'm going to fill myself with them and they're going to defeat you on the earth. God said, let us. He's having a conversation. And let me tell you this, you were in that conversation. Oh, you can't bear to hear it. You can't bear to hear it. You was in that conversation. You was in the thought of God when he said, let us. Let us make Mary Hill. Let us make Steve Bass. Let us make Dusty Statham. Let us make John Bagley. You were in that conversation. You was in the mind of God. And you, my God up in heaven. And you was up there saying, yes, let it be unto me according to your word. That's why he said it, Jeremiah, I knew you before you entered your mother's womb. I knew you, Jeremiah. My God, I, I feel, I'm about to, my Jesus, I'm t- I wish this was a pool, I'd do a high dive. My God, I feel the Lord up in this place. Man, we ain't got tongues, we got God on the inside of us. We ain't got prophecy, we got God on the inside of us. I'm telling you, I got all the resources of heaven right now on the inside of me. Let us make man. He's having a conversation. Now here's another picture. Acts 10, 38 says, How God the Father anoints Jesus the Son with the Holy Spirit, who went about doing good, healing all that was sick and oppressed of the devil. Here's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. Now, Corinthians, where Paul talks about the body, he talks about all these different things, but he says, same Lord, same Spirit, different administrations. Now, here's where we get into the Trinity a little bit. There's different administrations. They each have different roles. Are you with me? Jesus is not on the earth Lord, can we all agree with that? Jesus is not on the earth. He's in heaven. How do I know he's in heaven? The Bible says he ascended into heaven. Acts 1, he said, why do you men stand here gazing? Are you with me? This is where he's fixing to be taken up. Why do you men stand here gazing? For the same Jesus that went up into the cloud shall come back in like manner. He did not go up into an atmospheric cloud. Are you with me? 
That word cloud is the same word in Hebrews chapter 12 says since we are compassed about with such a great cloud of witnesses. That was Abraham. That was all the saints that had gone to be with the Lord was standing there in the cloud and Jesus was going right up with them. Said he shall come back in like manner. Jesus is not on the earth. When Stephen was stoned in Acts chapter 6, it says that he was full of the Holy Ghost and it says by faith he looked up into heaven and saw Jesus standing at the right hand of the Father. That's where he's at. Now, what is on the earth is the Holy Spirit. And what he wants to do is have a relationship with you. He wants to talk to you. He wants to guide you. He wants to teach you. He wants to be your best friend, your BFF. He longs for that type of relationship. But if you see him as some kind of mystical power, see a lot of the church wants to know his power, but they don't want to know him. What God's interested is that you know him, not his power. If you will, if you will seek a relationship with him, you won't have, never have to worry about power. Because anointing always manifests due to relationship. You see somebody that can clap their hands and pray something powerful, let me tell you what's going on. There's something going on at the house where nobody else can see. There's a secret relationship going on right there. Hello. They in something called communion. Now what he wants is that kind of relationship. But see, if you think he's tongues, then you're not going to, I mean, it's hard to have a relationship with tongues. I can't understand tongues. People say, well, I'm scared to death of tongues. Have you ever fell out in Walmart because some Spanish-speaking person got up there and spoke Spanish to the cashier? Oh, my God. They just spoke Spanish. We all spoke one language before Genesis chapter 11. Come on now. We're in the book. Then we started trying to create a tower to reach to heaven. Men still trying to reach, trying to reach heaven that way. Come on. Through flesh, God said, hey, we better come down and confound some language here. Are you with me? So he confounds their language, but God restores their language back in Acts chapter 2. Because these men are speaking in tongues, but yet all nationalities around that area heard the sound of the, of the wind and came to that place and said, how do we understand? Are not we, we all uh, these different nationalities, and yet we all understand what's going on? I know many missionaries that, that, uh, that, um, that through the gift of tongues, their interpreter didn't show up, and they started preaching by faith and started preaching in that language. So it, when, I, when, I, when I got hired on at the phone company, it said, how many languages do you speak? I said, unlimited languages. <laughs> I didn't use Rosetta Stone. I used the Holy Ghost. Y'all don't want it. I got whatever language you need because I got God on the inside of me. You can't get caught up on the tongues, man. Are you with me now? Don't get caught up on prophecy. Get caught up on Him. Be captivated by Him. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Listen, I, I speak in tongues more than you all, like Paul. I'm going to speak in tongues every day of my life. I thank God for the benefit of tongues. You crazy. So, well, you, well, tongues is the lesser gift. You, you telling me a gift that God's got is lesser? Come on now. And I say it like this. You can ride around in a beetle bug or you can ride around in a Mercedes. Mercedes rides better. Come on, somebody. You need everything God's got for you. Don't get caught up on the, don't get caught up on the manifestation. Get caught up on Him. A lot of times when revival comes, people get caught up on manifestations instead of being caught up on Him. All right. So God said, let us make man. Now there's different applications of the Trinity. Number one, God's the initiator. It all comes from Him. He initiates it. So God, listen, the Bible says that there was chaos. In the, in the, are you with me now? And it says this in Genesis 1, uh, somewhere in Genesis 1, maybe verse 2, it says that the Holy Spirit was hovering over the face of the waters. He was hovering. God the Father initiates a thought. My God, let's create. Now, I'm, 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 trying, I'm throwing you a lot of Bible here. You can say it up with me. If you, if you write down, you better know some shorthand because I got it this morning, okay? Listen, Job says, Job, Job is the oldest book in the Bible. I know that Genesis is the first book, but most theologians agree that Job is the oldest book of the Bible. Got some shockers in here. Oh, are you with me? Job says that the morning stars were singing together, right? What was going on was Lucifer... 
was the archangel, the devil, the worship leader, was leading worship. Are you with me? God says, oh my God, look at, whoa, Jesus, Holy Ghost. Mm, she caught up on the Rebe Sibrobokotaya. That's tongues, by the way. And so he's up there just having a blast, and he says, oh my God, we got to create something. So God initiates a thought. That tells me every time we worship in this place, the God, the creator of heaven and earth starts creating something. He starts making a door where there needs to be a door. He closes a door where one needs to be shut. But he begins to move on my behalf because the Bible says in Psalms 22, 3 that he is enthroned in the praises of his people. Where does God live? In praise. They throwing down. The thought initiates God. We got to create. He has his thought. Now when he has the thought, he looks at the sun because the sun is the word of God. I used to mess with people all the time. And when I'd be preaching revival and Catherine would be like, my God, why you got to be so controversial? Just preach it. Let's get out of there. But I hold up the Bible and I say, is this the word of God? Yes, sir, that's the word of God. I said, this is not the word of God. The word existed before this was ever even print, friend. Hello, I'm in the book. John 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Verse 14, it became flesh and dwelt among us. So in the beginning, before there ever was, God's Word was in him. And the Word was sitting beside the Father. So so the Father initiates a thought. He looks to the Word. God, I feel the Holy Ghost. And the Word says, let there be light. Oh my God, when the word said light be, the Holy Ghost said, hey, I got the initiation. The word just brought the administration and I'm about to bring the manifestation. My God, and the Holy Ghost was released on the face of the earth and he started creating the thought and the administration of the Father. Let me go deeper in this right here. That's why Jesus said the words I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. When God this morning initiated the word over your life, it was initiated, Jesus spoke it, and the Holy Ghost will manifest what was spoken. My God, Lord have mercy. I'm about out of breath. Somebody bring some oxygen. Listen. Listen to me. This is bad. If this won't make you shout, I'm telling you right now, you, you, you don't even know what I'm talking about. Now, let me read this by A.W. Tozer. The Holy Spirit is not enthusiasm. He's not hype, I can tell you right now. They don't nothing tick me off more than somebody trying to hype something up. Don't try to tell me it's running 75 when we run in 10 mile an hour and dogs run alongside the car. Don't sing it six times if God ain't on it. Hello, that's hype. That ain't God doesn't need to be exaggerated. We work. Well, how, how's it gonna look to God? He's fine the way it looks. He don't need no help. The Holy Ghost is not enthusiasm. He is a person. Put that down. I'm quoting A.W. Tozer. Put that down in capital letters. That the Holy Spirit is not a being having another mode of existence, but He Himself a person with the qualities and powers of personalities. He is not matter, but He is substance. The Holy Spirit has intelligence and feelings and knowledge and sympathy and the ability to love, see, think, hear, speak, and desire the same as any person's. All the Son, listen, is in the Holy Ghost. My God. All that the Father is, is is the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is in His church. What we will, what will we find Him to be like? He will be exactly like Jesus. Are you with me? You have to, you, you, you've read your New Testament and you know what Jesus is like. And the Holy Spirit is exactly like Jesus. For Jesus was God and the Spirit is God. And the Father is exactly like the Son. And you can know what Jesus is like by knowing what the Father is like. And you can know what the Spirit is like by what, knowing what Jesus is like. 
They're the same. The Holy Ghost is God. Jesus was Emmanuel, God with us. The Holy Ghost is God in us. In the Old Testament, man was moved upon by the outside. In the New Testament, man's moved upon by the inside. That's, listen, let me just say this. As a church, what we've got to come to the realization is this. Somebody gets born again. You know what we immediately want them to look like? If we hold this Baptist, we want them to look like holding this Baptist. So if we see them smoking, what well, my God, oh Jesus, Lord God, help them. If I thought they were saved. Y'all ain't never been in no church like that. If somebody said a cuss word, oh my God, I thought he was saved. Lord, they ain't even, they ain't got a bunch of hypocrites. Hey, hypocrites. Listen, what you got to understand that the seed of the kingdom went on the inside. The farmer that goes out there, he's fixing to plant that field, okay, because we're fixing to move into the springtime Good Friday seed, fitting to go into the ground. He don't walk out there the next morning and say, oh, my God, they sold us bad seed. Babe, we're going to lose everything this year. The seed didn't come up, my God. No, what he knows is, is he's going to let something take, take a little bit of time. What he's going to do is he's going to let that seed die into the ground. But when it dies, it's going to start coming back up and rising. So what you got to do is you got to have grace for people around you to allow that seed of the kingdom Quit running your mouth about them and start watering it. Hello. And first of all, you don't want them to look like you. You want them to look like God. Oh, my God. I can't get no help up in here. You don't want them to look like you. You want them to look like God. Religion always works on the outside in. God always works from the inside out. That's why I say don't take a snapshot of me yet. He's not finished, but I'm on a journey. My job is to stay on the potter's wheel to keep his hands upon my life. <laughs> my job is to just stay connected to the, to, the, to the, I'm the branch out here hanging. You follow what I'm saying? My job is just stay connected to the vine. I don't care what you say. As long as I'm hooked into the vine, I'm going to change. I'm going to produce some fruit. It's a matter of time. You, you, you can count it. All right. Now. I'm going to finish up with this. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. This is going to, I'm gonna to have to buy this CD because I'm telling you, it, it, we done throwed out some, we done throwed out some jewels on here. I'm gonna to have to go back and get some up. I'm gonna finish with this. What? Listen, what, when we talk about the Holy Spirit, we say, "Come get you some." That's what we say, "Come get you some." He's in here. Don't worry about falling out. I, I used to sit there when I first I started going to you know wild crazy churches. I want, what if I don't fall out? What if I do fall out? You know, then they got somebody big enough to catch me. <laughs> First time I ever went, I said, I said, this man's throwing people down. I've always been a big boy. I said, I said, he grabbed hold of me, throw me down. I said, that's it. I go up there, and, and the, I remember the first time I ever been prayed for in a, in a Spirit-filled church, okay? What I'm talking about believes in the gifts of the Holy Ghost, okay? The gifts of the Spirit. You with me? Uh, I believe in all of it, okay? I believe in the maps. I believe the maps are anointed in front of your Bible. I remember going up there, and I just believed that I received the call to preach. And so... It was at Pastor Bo Turner's church. And his youth pastor got in front of me. And he said, for God said, I have called you. And I remember we said it, my, my legs just, I'm like, oh, my Jesus, what in the world happened? You know, I was about to go down. You know what I'm saying? I didn't have no catcher. If it's God, you don't need a catcher. We need catchers for courtesy falls. I don't mind being a courtesy fall if you need to go out and drink from it. You know what I'm saying? I 
I know a guy that's a musician that came to our church, and he said that his his dad told this story. They witnessed it with his own eyes, that they were having a prayer meeting in this house that had a wood burning stove, and he said that his his grandfather was under the anointing of God, and eyes closed, grabbed hold of the wood heater that was cherry red, and he said he held it, worshiping God like that. When he let his hands off, there was nothing on his flesh. I don't believe that. How could four, three Hebrew boys be thrown in a fiery furnace because a living flames of fire was on the inside of them and he was a whole lot harder than that fire that they was thrown into? You don't hear this. How did Daniel get thrown in the lion's den and the lions did not consume him? Because when he went in the lion's den, he looked just like God and creation responded to God and said, hey, that's God standing there. You don't want to hear none of this. First of all, let's just say this as a side note. The three Hebrew boys were thrown in fire. Daniel was thrown in lines then. What were they offered at the very beginning? They were offered meat and wine. You don't want to have alcohol in your body when you're going to be thrown in the fire. And you don't want to smell like meat when you're in lines then. Side note. Oh, my God. It's on up in here. It's rolling like Donkey Kong this morning. <laughs> Woo! I feel it, boy. It's on, ain't it? Steve, is it on? It's on, now I'm telling you. My God. I woke up anointed this morning. Lord. <laughs> I'm telling you. Oh, I got to quit. Jeez, I feel the Lord in this place this morning. Every once in a while, a blind squirrel finds an acorn. He helps me out every once in a while. I got to finish this up. Tom, I would ask for five more minutes, sir. Let's look at this verse of Scripture. Pull up 2 Corinthians 3.17. 2 Corinthians 3.17. I won't finish with this. I think, if it may be right. Ah, thank you, Jesus. Now the Lord is, is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. This is saying where the Holy Spirit is, there's absolute freedom. Now, Help me, Holy Spirit. Pull up Psalms 139, verse 8. See what that is. Lord, let me get lucky here. Psalms 139, verse 8. If I ascend into the heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. What did what do the verse verse of scripture we read? Where the Spirit is, there is what? Freedom. Now, David, the psalmist, is saying that if he ascends into heaven, there the Spirit is, and if he makes his bed in hell, there he is. So the Spirit is what? Everywhere. Now, I want to ask you, why is there not freedom everywhere? Paul said, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. The psalmist said, that the Spirit of God is everywhere. Why is there not freedom? There's not freedom in a lot of churches. I don't mean to shock you, but I'm telling you the truth. I preached in one one night running a revival. Pastor met with me. They called me to run a revival. I was a part of a team that was I was preaching my night. He called me in office. He said, Listen here. He said, uh, Brother Bagley, he said, uh, he said, uh, you preach your message. Don't you lay hands on nobody in my church. And I don't need you praying in tongues. I said, yes, sir. What you did was just cut off the power to deliver your church. But if you want information, don't call me to come run the revival. You can get information off the internet. Paul didn't say I'm coming to bring information. He said I'm coming to bring impartation. My God. There's a whole lot of difference. <laughs> So that's the last time I'm preaching that church. Well, take that out of the CD. You don't know where it's at. It's in the land of Nod. <laughs> Listen. Paul said, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. Psalmist said that the Spirit of God's everywhere. My question to you is why there's not freedom. Let me read that verse a little different for you and we'll figure out why. Where the Holy Spirit is Lord. There's freedom. 
where the Holy Spirit is Lord, supreme authority, reverenced as you awesome and all that, there's freedom. Why can't I get no freedom in my life, Pastor? Because the Holy Spirit is not supreme authority in your life. When he is in this place honored, reverenced as chief authority, the result will be freedom. The result of your residency in Christ is freedom. You say, well, preacher, you don't know what I'm struggling. I'm telling you, keep making him Lord. Freedom's on the way. It's a matter of time. Did you hear what I said? I said freedom's on the way. It's a matter of time. That thing that has you has lost its power. Greater is he that's in there now than he that's got a hold of you. It's a matter of time. That line is about to devour that thing in your life as long as you make the Holy Ghost Lord. I'm done. Nobody don't steal my notes. All rights are reserved by me. No, I'm playing. <laughs> I'm done. Listen, our goal here is to make the Holy Spirit chief. He's got the throne. Not me, not an elder, not a person in this room. He's got it. He's got the reins of the worship. He's got the reins of the preaching. If he said, let a kid get up there and say, uh, Jesus loves me, this I know, that's what we're going to go. We are following him, friend. What we want is a relationship with the living God. Let me tell you this. I'm going to end with this testimony, and I'll probably share this later on. You've heard it when I, I got a message back there called um, Releasing the Dove that Matt done. If you remember when I first got here and preached that, I'm telling you, that, that right there make you park your car, go run the ditch line, and get back in it. But I give a testimony on there. Listen to this. The Holy Spirit, He speaks with us, okay? I pulled up. I pulled up at this house one night. Some friends of mine were cooking fish. It was a Saturday night. You got to understand. I remember we went to, uh, Rod Parsley came to uh, Birmingham, Alabama. Steel Lamb used to be a big Rod Parsley fan. Got prayer impartation. You know, he prayed over me. I mean, just, Rod Parsley's a big dude. I'm telling you, if you ain't never stood, I mean, his hand, his hand went right there. I feel like his fingertips went down my collar. I mean, he's a grown man. Had um. So I had a worship album from his church or whatever. And um, as I'm pulling down, as I get out, I'm fixing to get out. I pull up in the yard. They're cooking fish. We're about to eat some fish. And um, I remember it being like 10 o'clock at night. What we were cooking fish that late? I, you know, I was in my early, early 20s before I married Catherine. So about 20, 21 years old. As I touched my hand to the door, the Spirit of God spoke to me, and he said, pray now. I'm thinking, I'm telling you, all of my hair was standing up. God was there. Holy, Holy Spirit said, pray now. I'm in the little old town of Nichols, Georgia. I don't know if you've ever been there. Um, <clears throat> but a uh, little bitty town. And um, I get out of the vehicle. These four guys sitting beside a fish cooker. And I said, the Spirit of God says we must pray now. Right the time I touched their hands, immediately the power of God hit them. I just, it just happened to, I just happened to be a willing vessel. There ain't nothing great about me. I just happened to be a willing vessel. So right the time I touched their hands, the power of God hit them. They were immediately in tongues. This is another reason why you need tongues, because Paul said your flesh don't know what to pray about as it ought. Hello. Come on, somebody. Your flesh don't know what to pray about at all, but the Spirit of God does, and the Spirit makes intercessions with such groanings and others that cannot be interpreted. Hello? We're praying in tongues. I mean, we, we are praying. I'm talking about the fire of God there. We're praying. I don't have a clue what I'm praying. All of a sudden, I hear this car flying. I'm talking about hauling it. Jumps the railroad tracks. This guy's shop is about from here to the sound booth from a backyard, and there's another house sitting that close to us. The car jumps the railroad tracks. A guy comes to the front door. He's cussing. I'm talking about the, the ones that, that even Christians won't say. 
<laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Kicks the door open and shoots a gun three times. I think it was three times, two or three times in the house. Bow, bow, bow. <clears throat> One of the boys that was with us that night, he had just gotten saved. He come out of drugs. I mean, all kind of mess. He's out there crawling in the yard. <laughs> I mean, you know, he thought that's coming after him, you know. So we run in the house. Only in Nichols can you do this. We called 911 and said, send the cops to Little Babe's house. We knew him as Little Babe. Send him to Little Babe's. He's been shot. Cops come out, car leaves. We're sitting out there, and I'm thinking, you know, my God, you know. I mean, I, I thought the guy was, he, he killed somebody in that house. I mean, that's what it sounded like to us. It was right there. He shot at him, I can tell you that. After it's all said and done, cops left. There's a little girl, maybe six or seven years old. She grabbed her daddy by the hand, and she said, Daddy, she said, come right here. She said, I'm telling you. She said, Jesus walked through the back door of this house, and she said, I saw Jesus standing right there. What do you think just happened? God initiated a thought that one of his children fixing to be in trouble. Come on, somebody. Stay with me. God... According to Psalms 39, has more thoughts about you than the sands upon the shore. That's a lot of thoughts. He's thinking about you today, friend. He had a thought. Looked at Jesus, said, release the word, pray now. When he released the word, pray now, there was his servant, tabernacle on the earth. He released the word, pray now. I say, yay, Lord. When I say, yay, Lord, Holy Ghost said, whoom, flew up in that house right then. He flew up in that house, put a wall right there around that child and around that man. Are you with me now? Would that intruder come in, shot three times, and bullets couldn't penetrate him? I don't care if he was six inches in front of him. He would have never touched him because the Holy Ghost was standing right there. This is what I'm telling you. A living relationship. I don't care if somebody's on a deathbed and they got and the doctor telling them they're fixing to die. If I hear one word from heaven, and I'm telling you, in this release, there's no doubt in my mind they're fixing to get up and walk out. Now, if it's just me praying, I'm going to pray my best prayer. But when the word of the Lord is released, friend, I'm telling you, the manifester is right there making it happen. Now, we want to live in relationship with that. With him, the Holy Ghost. Not no herking, jerking. Hey, I don't care. Do all that. I love all those, man. I've been in revivals where we had to go to Wendy's and had to tote people and prop them up. They sitting in there right here with a frosty. I love it, man. What's wrong with him? He's drunk. Man. Y'all don't like drinking heavy. I like drinking heavy, friend. Tote me out of here. We might have to go get Steve's forklift over there to get me out of here, but my God, tote me out of here. I want to live in relationship with that with, with him. Are you with me, friend? That's what I'm trying to tell you today. He's not the he's not the gifts. He is God. He wants to talk to you. How's he gonna speak to me, preacher? Get your Bible open. Have communion with the word. And he'll go to talking. Stand up with me. We we have a testimony service, no. <laughs> Thank God. Me too he can I know he's crazy. Uh, I just want to share it's just burning on the inside of me. He's there for all that protection and all that that John just preached. But I'm telling you, he's there in the little small details of life. I had lost a very important document about my job. And I had been toiling for three and four days. And I came home, I said, John, I have brought home every piece of paper. If you look at my piano notebook it's a scattered mess that is not one of my gifts is organization and so I said Lord please help me I have lost this piece of paper and you know I, you're you're not in it so you don't understand if you're a teacher you understand it's just like boom 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 and you got to wear four hats at one time you're being a nurse and a mama and a teacher all at the same time and a lot of times 
I mean, I just completely forgot where I put this paper that was important about my job for next year. Came home every night. Don't know why that first night I didn't come home and say, Holy Ghost, show me where it is. But I had told and fretted, went to bed worried. It was due Friday. Friday morning, I still hadn't found the piece of paper. I'm trying to run a classroom. Got a student teacher in my classroom. I'm trying to train. Got people coming in needing this, needing that. I said, Lord, you know I hadn't had time to find that piece of paper. One quick little five-second prayer. Holy Ghost, help me find that paper. I was at my desk. I heard the Spirit of the Lord say, go to the top filing cabinet drawer. You put the, the, the copies you had made that were extra that you were going to file for next year, the fossils test. In the top filing cabinet drawer, I opened it up. The Holy Spirit led me to it. I lifted out the fossils test that I've already got copied for next year. On the back of the fossils test was that paper. I am telling you what, it was the Holy Spirit, and He is concerned about every little issue of our lives. It is not just the big things that we want to see manifested, but it is the everyday, mundane, going through life 24-7, things that He will be there to guide us in. He is just that good, y'all. He is just that good, and we need Him. We need Him. Him like we need air and breath we need him more than that because all of this right here will pass away but he will not the word will not ever pass away he will be what remains and carries on that is why we need him so I don't know about you, but my prayer this morning is I want all of him that I can get. I want the manifestation of that power in my life so that I can release that dove when I'm on my job, so that I can release that power when I am in the grocery store, so that he is evident upon me. Lord, let it be in the name of Jesus. Amen. I want to do this before we go. Probably everybody in this room saved. When I say that, I don't say if you go to church, I say saved. That means you've got to live in relationship with the Lord. Okay? If you don't, it's kind of hard to get to know the Holy Spirit without knowing Jesus. Are you with me? Now, according to the book of Acts, chapter 2, The Bible says this promise is given to us. Right here, we got a promise given to us. To our children's children and as many as the Lord God shall call. So I just feel like to say this. You say, well, Pastor, my life is an absolute wreck right now. We're telling you about a God that wants to live and commune with you to help in the every detail about your life. Chris Valentin, if you before he was known as a national leader, used to own a filling station <clears throat> on several, was it Phillips 66 stations or something like that. And he would get a problem on a truck and he was like, you know, my God, how am I going to fix this truck? How am I going to fix this truck? And the Spirit of God would come upon him and tell him exactly what was wrong with the truck. Do you believe that? Every detail. That's what she just said. Catherine's a detailed person, I'm telling you. And he cares about every detail of your life. He's working on your behalf today. See, if this, just close your eyes right here with me. Just close your eyes. Just honor me just for a minute. How many say, preacher, I'm telling you, I'm not where I need to be with God right now. I know that I'm not. Come on, I ain't going to call you out. I just want to pray for you. Let me know that's you. Let me know that's you. So, Father, I just thank you. Listen, this is what we're going to do. I want you to, we all going to pray this prayer. Look at me. Say, Jesus, I receive the finished work of the cross today. I thank you that as I receive you, I receive all of heaven. I thank you today that the seed of God is in my life growing stronger every day. I believe
that you died for me. You rose for me. And you sat at the right hand of God making intercession for me. Holy Spirit, come in a greater way in my life. I'm going to see you as, as a real person. I want a real relationship. I yield myself and my life to you right now. I need you as my life coach. You believe it? I want you to give God a big round of applause this morning in this place. I want you to praise Him for about five more seconds. I'm talking about with everything.